Hey there, this is Haley, COO of the Heart Centered Entrepreneur. We're on our winter break over here at the HCE headquarters, so this week you'll be hearing a replay of one of my personal favorite episodes of the podcast. This episode, Convert on the Sales Call, is perfect if you're planning a launch early in the year. You'll hear how to convert on the sales call instead of hoping for a breakthrough in the follow-up. Anna is here to help you execute and convert so much better in your sales conversations so that you feel better about them and your clients too. And don't forget, Sell With Heart, Anna's signature mentorship and mastermind starts on January 9th. So if you're ready for momentum in your business so that you can get fully booked this year and beyond, head to the link in the show notes to fill out the application today. Welcome to the Heart Centered Entrepreneur Podcast. I want you to be rich. Yes, I want abundant financial success for your business. But I don't just care about your business making money. I care about you too. I want you to be rich in happiness, in the impact you make, in your relationships, and in how you give back. I'm Anna. I built my six-figure business as a side hustle while I was pregnant with my daughter in 2016. Now I've helped dozens of women do the same. I'm here to help you build a profitable, heart-centered, fully booked business with the latest tips on sales and visibility with proven mindset hacks and sneak peeks behind the scenes with what's working right now in the online space and in my business. Ready to make more money with heart? Let's go. Hi, friends. We are on day two, talking through heart-centered sales calls and converting. And I'm so excited to talk to you today about what to do on the actual sales conversation itself. Yesterday, we talked about what to do before the sales conversation to make sure it converts. Today, we're going to talk about the actual sales conversation itself. And then tomorrow, we're going to talk about a super important part, and that is following up after the sales call. And if you're like me, I love a good incentive, but I don't do a lot of like high-pressure sales tactics on my sales calls. So because of that, a lot of my calls convert after the call. People aren't like handing me their credit card on the conversation and like, hear me out. Like, I don't think it's like wrong or immoral or unethical to, um, take someone's credit card on the call or do an incentive. It's just really not my style. Um, and so because of that, I do have a lot of my calls convert after the call itself. Um, and so I want to talk about that because I do not everyone converts on the call, but I have a really high percentage of my calls convert shortly after, or like could be a converting call. Still, I consider, consider it closing the sale. Right. Um, so I was really excited to dive into that conversation a little bit more tomorrow and the nuances of that, because I think it's kind of like a new nuanced, new perspective in the online space. Um, but today I want to talk to you about the actual sales conversation itself and what you can do to close the sale. Does that sound good? So let me know if you're watching live, say hey to me, or let me know if you're watching the replay with hashtag replay. Um, cause I think this is such an important conversation, right? I'm going to go a little bit through my own personal discovery call outline, but know that this is a bonus. If you buy the sales call masterclass this week, it's 47 bucks. My best masterclass walks you through a heart Center sales conversation. But if you actually watch the masterclass you buy, the bonus you get is my exact discovery call script. Um, and so I'm going to share a little bit with you today, but if you want to get like the exact script and dive in deeper, um, make sure that you get the masterclass and you watch it. Cause I don't just want you to get the class, but I want you to actually watch it. Okay. So today we're going to talk about, I'm going to go through the script and then also want to talk about, um, 
just in general, right? I think so often, like I am a huge believer of doing some free coaching in your business, right? Especially at the start of my business, I did a ton of free coaching just as a way to like show my work, get experience with my work and good work signs clients, right? I'm a huge believer in a mini session, right? Or a free coaching call. That being said, I do think there is also a place for like a strict coaching call, a strict sales call. So let me talk about the difference a little bit, right? So a mini session or a free coaching session is ideally a session where you're actually doing a lot of coaching or strategizing. You're actually giving like feedback or strategy or coaching, like you're doing your work, right? Versus a sales call is coaching in the sense that you're listening, but it's a lot more geared around whether someone is going to buy or not, right? And I think it's really important to have space for these calls to support people around a buying decision. And I want to ask you today, like, are you willing to support people in a buying decision, right? We talked about this a little bit yesterday, but are you willing to get on the phone with people, not just with people that are like, hell yes, but people that are maybe a little on the fence or unsure, right? Are you, can you trust your integrity? Can you vulnerably step into that conversation knowing that um, they're in the middle of this messy decision-making process? And the reason I think that this was somewhat easy for me in my business is I think as a formal mental health therapist, a lot of what I help my clients do is make really, 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 really big life decisions, right? And, you know, whether it's, I mean, like anything you can imagine, right? Like I'll even like life and death stuff, like really big decisions. And so I think when you get used to helping people make big decisions, it increases your trust and your ability to coach someone through their own empowered decision, right? Because as a mental health therapist, of course, like some of that is like education, but a lot of it is truly empowering the client, helping them remove any limiting beliefs and helping them make their own very best possible decision right? And ideally, that's exactly what we're doing on a sales call, (laughs) right? Ideally, we're helping someone make their very best empowered decision. Sometimes that's working with me. Often it is, but sometimes it's not, right? And if someone is coming from a truly grounded, centered place and then decides not to buy my thing, I'm happy with that, right? However, a lot of times someone is coming in and the reason they're choosing not to work with you or buy your service isn't from a grounded place, it's from fear, right? They're afraid, like, what if I buy this thing and I don't show up for it, right? Or what if I, like, so much fear around it, right? And so the idea of a sales conversation is to give someone, even though it's like, how could you be neutral because you want them to buy the thing, Like at the end of the day, no, I think the best salespeople and coaches really are neutral and really coming from a place of like, I'm willing to hold the space for you as you make a big decision, right? And there's a lot of like techniques and tactics that I use in order to help even my current clients make decisions, right? But are you willing to trust? Like, I think what it came down to me being willing to like really dive into sales with two feet was me being willing to trust myself that I can, um, make, help someone make their best decision, whether that's working with me or not. Right. Because a lot of times people don't have that space in their life to have a sounding board when it comes to a big decision, like buying your thing or not. Right. So what it is, is providing a safe space for that. Because once someone hops off your sales call, I don't know about me, but like my life is kind of like hectic, (laughs) right? Like I've got two children, right? I've got a lot of obligations. And so we don't often, um, and this is what I hear a lot of times people are like, what's the good of coaching? And I'm like, when's the last time you were just able to talk and process and listen to your heart for 30 minutes? 
right? That is a huge gift for giving someone on a sales conversation, even if they don't work with us, right? And it's just remembering that like, you really are giving someone that gift to just think for a minute, quiet their thoughts, ask them good questions, ask them honest questions and help them really get clear on like two things. My objective in a sales call is two part, right? Number one, I want them to make a buying decision whether they're gonna buy my thing or not, right? So they're not like in limbo. Limbo decisions are not good, right? But the other thing is I just want them to help get clear and get a vision for what's ahead, right? And remember on your sales call, of course, again, you wanna help them, decide whether they're working with you or not. But the other beautiful thing is you're just helping give them some space to decide what they want next. What do they want next? And I think, especially as like women, we do not, I know for me, it takes a lot of intentional effort, not just to get clear on what I want, but to go after what I want right? It is not often that that space is held for us. And so what I want with one of my potential clients in a sales call, I want them to have a safe space to explore. What are you most wanting right now in your life? What are you most wanting right now in your business? And that takes work and guts to even say to a coach, to even say to yourself, let alone to everyone else or to take action on it, right? That clarity on your desire and owning it fully is a huge, brave, risky move. It really is, right? And so giving someone the space to be able to say like, this is what I want. This, This is really, this is the thing I'm wanting. And then helping them decide, okay, what do you need to get there? There, right? What's been holding you back from this thing? These are all great sales call questions, right? What are you most wanting right now? What are you most challenged by? What's holding you back? Just to give someone the clarity on that, right? And then ideally what they're struggling with, if it's, if what you offer is a fit for what you're struggling with, you better believe that you're going to show up and you're going to tell them, guess what? I offer this and I would love to help you. It's like a custom sales pitch, right? Like everything you just said, by the way, that's what I do. I would love to help you with it. This is exactly what it would look like for your life or business. So many women I talk to forget to do that part on a sales call, the pitch, right? (laughs) And all a pitch is, is taking what you listened to on the call, what you heard and authentically saying, by the way, all that stuff, I can help with that. And I would love to, and here's how, and what questions do you have for me? Right? When's the last time on a Facebook live, on a sales call, on an email, you said, Hey, that thing you're struggling with, I would love to help you. And here's how, and here's some of the clients I've helped with this. And here's how it's worked out for them. Right. And so that's one of the missing links that I find for women is, you know, a lot of them are good listeners, right? They are doing good at listening on the call, but they're not stopping to transition to the sales part of the sales conversation. (laughs) If you've been one of my programs, you know that I fully believe that halfway through the sales call is when the sales part should start, right? A lot of times people are like, I had a sales call, but I didn't really sell. I just kind of listened to them, which is fine. There's a space for free coaching, but also there's a space to like take a stand and say like, here's how I can help you, right? So that's one missing link, the pitch. Another missing link is asking for objections. Objections are not your enemy. Objections are your friend. Objections are a real human's concern with making a change or buying your product. I don't know about you, but I have lots of objections, right? When I'm about to like purchase a new product or when I'm about to try something new in my life, I have questions, I'm curious, I'm Googling, right? Why do we make it wrong for our clients to Google with us? 
instead of avoiding objections and being afraid of them, I welcome them. I'm like, I know you have them. So might as well get them out there. I know you have an objection. So might as well talk to me about it, right? What's holding you back? So what you want to do on a sales conversation is you want to ask, you want to say, what's most holding you back? What hesitations do you have? What questions do you have for me? Right? A lot of times people will say, oh, they didn't have any objections. I'm like, did you ask for an objection? Did you ask what's holding them back? Same thing in like a group launch, right? You could also do this on email or social media. I'll say in an email, hit reply and tell me what's holding you back right now, right? I'll say what's holding you back. And when we neglect to ask for the objection, we're not getting to the juiciest part of the sales call. And what I want you to do next time you're in a sales conversation or next time you're in a big launch, I want you to celebrate every time someone has an objection, a question, Instead of like being offended by it, I love it because what it signals for me, if you guys have read my blog post on buying cues, you know that objections are one of the biggest buying cues. People would not have an objection unless they were seriously interested in what you have to offer, right? So what that tells me, if you're on sales calls and you're not hearing objections, either the person isn't very serious about what you have to offer, or you are not creating the safe space for that, or you're not asking for it and getting to it. Does that make sense? And so make it a goal to get to objections on every single sales conversation. Instead of avoiding them, the juicy part starts when the objections start. That's when the good part starts, right? Because then you're having an authentic conversation around like, what are your hesitations? What are your questions? Are there hesitations based in fear or are there hesitations, legitimate questions and you can answer it? right? We don't know until we get there. We don't know if it's like, well, I wanted to know what happens if I miss a call for the mastermind, right? Or I want to know, you know, what are other clients who have been through this? What have been their results or experience, right? We don't want to assume what their objections are, right? However, the more we do calls and the more we launch our programs, the more we already know what our potential clients' objections are. And the beautiful thing is we can work that into our marketing and we can gear our content towards that even before they hop on the call. Okay. I also want to talk through, someone asked me this morning, okay, what happens if you're hearing a lot of yeses on the call, but they're not converting? And I hear this from a lot of my clients, right? Again, yesterday we were talking about the different phases of sales and pinpointing what the part is that you get the most stuck on. Is it like getting people on the conversation in the first place? Is it you get them on the conversation, but um, you... They are yes, but they're not converting. Or are they saying it like, what is the part that's breaking down for you? And one part can be you're able to get people on the call, right? Which amazing. Um, but they're saying yes, but there are no after. And my biggest piece of advice for you around this is the objection piece. My guess is you're not, maybe they're a yes on the surface, but they have some other questions or objections and you're not getting to them. And it's not your fault, right? And it's not their fault. They might not even know that they have questions, right? You may say, do you have any questions? And they may be like, no, I don't have any, right? And so I think it's like having an open energy and a trust and just like almost showing them, I can handle your questions. I can handle your objections. Like I want to be here as you're making this decision. And if that person allows you to enter into that decision-making process with them, that is the gold. And it's such a gift. And I always feel like so honored, right? That someone would allow me that space and trust me to get into that decision with them. They're still in charge of making their decision, but what it allows us to do is get curious around the decision instead of ending the call and then having to make the decision once like life and chaos happens. Does that make sense? 
And so I think it can be such a gift to make sure that you're asking, make sure you're getting to those objections. Um, uh, something I'll even say if someone is a yes on the call, but I'm noticing like there's a little hesitation or something like a heck yes, is I'll say anything else holding you back, even if they're saying yes, right? I'll say, is there any other questions or anything else? And some people might that find that bizarre. Like if someone's saying yes on a sales conversation, why would you like poke holes in it? Because I, I want to, a lot of times there is, there is an additional question, right? Just like I asked, like, you know, if money weren't an issue, what other questions would you have, right? I do like to say, okay, awesome. You're a yes. That's so great. What other question? And I, sometimes I don't even say, do you have other questions? I say, what other questions do you have? What other hesitations do you have? What else is popping up for you, right? Just to give them the space to kind of like marinate and think around that, um, I think can be so, so helpful. Okay. Let me see. Let me know if you guys have any questions on this. Um, hi, hi, Pauline. Yes. Let me know if you guys have any questions specifically around the sales conversation itself. And then I am going to dive a little bit further into like the different parts of the call, because I think it can help to have somewhat of a template. Um, at the end of the day, I don't want you to have a sales script, but a script can help as you're learning kind of the formula for sales. At least for me, it was really helpful because sales was really foreign to me. Um, and then once I got used to it and once I like kind of like used my script enough, I didn't need a script anymore and I kind of made it my own. You know what I mean? But I think it can be helpful training wheels as you start because it is kind of new concepts. Okay, Pauline says the process for payment is difficult. Okay, let me know what you mean by that one. The two-way conversation, totally. And I think too, so often, I think we show up in a fiercer energy and more authentic energy as a coach than we do as a saleswoman. And for me, I try to provide a really aligned, congruent experience with my potential clients in my content, in my lives, on my podcast, um, on my sales calls as someone who's working with me on the back end, right? I want there to be a congruent experience. Like who, what you see is what you get right? <laughs> and I think one way we can do this is by making sure to show up with the fire as a salesperson that you do as a coach. What do you do as a coach? One thing that I do as a coach, or maybe you're not even a coach. You're like, and I'm a designer, right? My guess is even as a designer, you're honest with your clients, right? Like let's say they're wanting to use a certain font and you're like, oh, that is not, nope, 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 nope right? <laughs> or let's say as a coach, someone comes to me with an idea and I'm like, oh, I should be honest with them, right? I'm very honest and transparent as a coach, right? And I find, let me know in the comments if you are, but I find that most of the people, most of my clients also have that just like honest, they have, they're very intuitive. And so they have like a lot of insight, right? And I find that we have that as a coach. And so giving yourself permission to do that with your clients is one thing, just like calling out what you see in the room, right? But the next level is being willing to do that even in your sales process, right? A little bit lighter because we want to like build trust with our clients, right? But even saying things like, oh, I'm noticing this or, you know, some of my clients in that process thought this way. Is that true for you, right? Or even challenging limiting beliefs, right? I do some of that in a sales call and people are like, well, Anna, isn't that coach? and aren't you not supposed to coach on a sales call? I don't think you're supposed to, I mean, we don't want to like do a ton of like strategy on a call because that just paralyzes someone that doesn't help someone make a buying decision <laughs> just really is overwhelming in general. Um, but I think it is okay to do some coaching in the sense of like helping someone make that decision. Right. And so 
The three biggest skills I believe make successful heart-centered sales are listening, coaching, and leading, right? And especially on the sales call, I think you can do all of these things. Okay, let's dive in. Let's dive into the sales call if I can find it. And remember, if you grab that sales masterclass, this is a bonus. You get the template for this. Okay, so I really think people ask me about like time lengths for calls. For actual client calls, I love 45 minutes. For discovery calls or clarity calls, I love 30 minutes. I just think it's a good amount of time to get to know someone. Um, Sometimes if I'm really booked out, I'll do 15 minute calls, <laughs> but usually I do 30 minute calls. Um, okay. I'm going to go through the overview. Okay. So this is kind of what I have is like the general overview of a heart centered sales conversation. And I actually attached the skill to each one of those. Okay. So the first thing we want to do in discovery call or any call, I mean, this is just like coaching 101. I kind of want to do a course on coaching 101 because I love, I'm obsessed with coaching, um, is build rapport. And you know this, right? You know this, but I think sometimes when we get nervous on a sales call, we forget it. We forget that like at the start of any relationship, whether it's a dating relationship, whether it's like a new girlfriend and you're kind of like, you know, dating to see if you, you can be friends, right? Like making a new friend, um, any sort of new relationship, the most important part is just building rapport. What is building rapport? Finding something in common, right? Talking about something surface level. And for my clients that are like more like deep, they're like, I just want to go straight to the deep stuff. But remember, it's healthy. The rapport is that healthy, natural bridge to intimacy, right? It's not healthy for someone to like be intimate without that rapport and relationship. So remember, you're being the guide, you're taking the lead, and you're being willing to have a little bit of small talk. That's healthy. It's intentional. It's purposeful, right? Not for 10 minutes, but a little bit of it. That's the listening part, right? So I'm going to attach a skill to each of these parts of the sales call so you can see how these three skills happen, right? Building rapport. Next, very shortly after, I would say probably not more than like one or two minutes and we want to get right to leading the conversation. And how I lead my sales calls is I open with a sentence, right? I'll say something like, let me start by outlining how our session will go. I'll start the first half of the call by asking you questions about your whatever health, life, business goals, so I can understand where you're at. And then I'll give you a chance to ask me any questions you have about my work as a designer, VA, coach. Does that work for you? Oh yeah, that works great. So right away, I'm taking charge of the conversation. Okay. So many of my clients come to me and they feel like they are not in charge of the sales call. They feel like their client is leading it. They feel like their client is rambling on it. And I think it's so important to demonstrate from the beginning that you have a good, healthy command of the conversation and not in like a controlling way, but because as a coach that creates safety for our potential clients, it creates safety, right? That's why it's so funny, but on my mastermind calls, like I have this little format I do and, um, one time I didn't do it. And my clients were like, wait, Anna, you forgot to ask us what our, what this part was. And I'm like, oh yeah. Like it creates just like for children, just for like adults, routine and boundaries create safety. It really does. Right. And so we don't want to be this like overbearing person. So we don't want to interrupt, but we forget that someone that like is on our sales call, if they're like running us over and running the conversation, it doesn't feel good to them either. 
and they need some structure and they need some leadership and they need some love to say, Oh, wait, hold on a second. Let me do my little intro sentence. Is that okay? Like I, I love using humor as a way to take charge in a really kind way. Like, Oh, well, hold on, hold on a second. Let me do this. Or, Ooh, let me say this first. Right. Kind of like I was saying yesterday, when we like teach our clients to take notes, like, oh, that was really good. Write that down. It's like not overthinking. Right. And so one of the most, again, important things you do at the start of the conversation is like that leadership piece, right. Of like, okay, this is how the call is going to go. And I do this with all of my calls with clarity calls, which is a sales call. I also did this as the start of my business when I did free coaching, a mini session, um, which I lead differently than a sales call, but I do sell on it. So I lead the mini session different. Um, also a one-on-one sales call, I lead different also a group call, I lead different, but the commonality is for all of those calls, I'm creating boundaries, I'm creating structure and you don't have to like be weird about it. It's just being mindful and intentional. So the best way you can create that structure and that leadership for your sales call is to create an opening sentence, an outline sentence, um, and you can use mine or you can create your own. But it's just letting them know this is what you can expect to experience. It's almost like I think like during a yoga class, right? This is what the class is going to look like. It just kind of creates an ease and a trust. And we also want to know if that potential client, how they're going to react to a little bit of leadership, right? Because I'm a huge believer in client-led coaching, right? Really like trusting the client, really like going off of their lead. However, I do think that there is an edge of leadership that sometimes as women, we're hesitant to do, but I find create safety. And we want to know that that person is going to react well to that because as a coaching client, they're going to need to take a little bit of leadership. They're going to need to be able to take a little bit of direction. And so I think it is just so helpful knowing like, are they going to, how are they going to respond to me creating the container? Cause that's my job, right? My job is to create that container. Okay. That's the second part. Next part, you built rapport, you outline the section. Next is you're going to get clear on the problem. I talked a little bit about this, right? Um, and here's a sentence I have around it based on your pre-survey. Cause you know, yesterday we talked about that pre-survey. I know you have that pre-survey done now, right? I can see that you feel most challenged around X, Y, Z. Can you tell me more about this? Right? So we're asking them to extrapolate upon what their challenge is. Even if you know, ask them again, ask them in their own words. Because I think so often, again, we don't have that space to even articulate where we're most feeling challenged. I've told several clients this week that have like kind of brain dumped for me. Oh, it kind of sounds like you've already made a decision. And here's what I'm hearing you say your decision is. And then they'll say back, oh, I think you're right. I have made a decision. I just didn't realize it. Right. And so it's powerful to have someone articulate their challenge for both of us, because we can't reframe, re, blah, blah. we can't reframe, redirect all of that. If we don't even know what the problem is and this skill, the skill for this one is coaching slash listening because we want to listen. We want to listen. We want to be fully present, right? We want to turn off all of their distractions and we just want to give this person the gift of our undivided attention. Even if that person never works with me, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to show up. I'm going to give them this gift of just listening with my whole heart and then doing my best as a coach to use my coaching skills to help them get clear on their problem. Because so often we don't even know what our problem is. And that's half the problem. How can we know if the solution is the right solution if we don't even know our problem? Right. And that helps me as a salesperson too, because I don't want to give, sell someone my thing if 
my, their problem isn't what I'm helping them with. Right. And I'll tell them right away. Oh, actually based on your problem, I don't recommend my solution. Here's what I recommend. Right. But if it is my solution, then I can say it wholeheartedly. Right. So some of the coaching skills you could use to help get clear on the problem again, are listening also, um, reflecting. So saying it back to them, also reframing it also, um, clearing, limiting, helping them clear limiting beliefs around it. Okay. Next is recap and outline next steps. So I actually have like a lot of questions that I ask and I include this in the sales call template, right? But the next main part of the call is recapping. This is what I heard you say, right? What I'm hearing you say is this is where you're feeling stuck. This is what you're most wanting. This is where you most need to go. These are your action steps, right? If you want to do that. Um, And then sharing your offer. Again, this is like switching back to leadership again. So you've done a lot of listening and coaching. You did a little bit of leading at the start of the call. You're going to do leading in the middle of the call by saying, based on what you said, that pitch, I can help you. And this is how, and this is what it includes. And again, I think we forget to make it custom based on what you said. This is how I see this program helping you grow. If you listened well, this is going to be the easiest sale ever, right? Because you can say really articulately based on exactly what you said, this is how this program will help you, right? Next is asking for those objections, right? Oh, sometimes I'll even, I actually don't share a lot about my program on the call. I'll ask them first what questions they have, right? Because some people may want to know the price. Some people may not care about the price at all. Some people may want to know about what this, what support includes. Some people may want to know, like, instead of rambling on about your program for 20 minutes in the sales call, and I'm just saying this with love, okay? Ask them what, what they what they need to know about the program. They may not care about what you think is important. You guys, I went to a gym one time and I went on this gym tour and they were showing me all these features about the gym. I could not care less. You wanna know the one thing I cared about it, about the gym? I cared about if they had a good kids center and if it felt safe and if I trusted the humans that were watching my kids in the kids center while I was working out. And this sounds wild, but I didn't even care what the rest of the gym looked like. Because as a mama, I can get my, my fitness on anywhere. I don't care, give me a treadmill, give me a pool, I don't care. But what matters most to me is what does your kid center look like? Is it safe? Do you background check your people? And the salesperson was rambling on forever, forever about everything else that didn't even matter to me. And you know what would have sold me on the gym is asking me, what questions do you have? What matters most to you when it comes to picking a gem? And I would have said, definitely the kid center, right? Does that make sense? And so I think we forget. And also like we talked about this a little bit yesterday, but like we have our own buying patterns, right? <laughs> like maybe you buy early, maybe you buy on cart clothes, right? Maybe you really care. Maybe you're short on money. Maybe you're short on time. We cannot assume that our potential client has the same problems as us right now, right? We may have plenty of money. We may be short on time, but that may not be the case for our client. Our client may have plenty of time and be short on money right? Same thing with features. It may matter a lot to you. Um, like how long, like the nuts and bolts of how long sessions are, how many worksheets you get. Another person may not care about the worksheets at all. They may care about the between session support, right? So the reason I'm saying all this is I just cannot emphasize and underscore the importance enough about starting where your potential client is, right? And like, I really, when, when I'm getting to this part of the sales call, my answer will be 20 seconds or so to describe my package. And I'll ask, what questions do you have? 
and let them lead talking about my service based on where they're most concerned, right? Is it what it includes? Is it the price? Is it what type of people are a best fit for this? Really doing that. But we do want to share about our offer. Just keep it short, right? And do not do the thing, my loves. Do not do the thing where you're like, oh, I'll email you about my offer afterwards. No, no, no. You're talking about the offer right then and there because that's how we're going to get to the most juicy part, those objections, right? A lot of my clients too that are designers or RVAs, this is where I help them productize or package their work so that you have concise packages so that you can talk about it on the call, right? A lot of my clients who are either accountants or website designers come to me and they do custom proposals. There's nothing wrong with custom proposals. However, I think it can be valuable. And this is what we do in Sell With Heart too. But to create a clear package or offer, that way on the call, you can give them a price. And I know it's super vulnerable. And I know it takes work. But then you can actually answer their questions. If you don't give someone a price, if you don't give someone a clear answer, they're not able to say right then and there what their objections are. They don't have enough information. And so I think so often we pad ourselves from that by being like, oh, I'll email you about that. Oh, I'll send a follow-up thing. I'll send a proposal, right? When in general, and if you do do that, and if you do have a proposal business, you better be booking a follow-up sales call after they see that proposal. Okay, so you're not going to get out of it. But ideally, we're able to say, this is what it includes. And then again, my favorite question, what are your hesitations? What questions do you have for me? Not if, not do you have questions? They have questions, right? What questions do you have? What are your hesitations? What's holding you back? And, and then the most vulnerable part of the sales conversation, pausing. We don't allow enough space. I mean, in coaching in general, I work on this too. But in our sales conversations, we're nervous, we're insecure. And so we don't pause. What are we nervous about? What are we nervous about, my love? There's nothing to be nervous about. And so giving space and pausing, right? The pause after the objections. Also, another great place to have a pause in your sales conversation is um, just like asking if they want to buy it, right? Like, this is my package. This is my offer. Does that feel like a good fit for you? Pause. And then at the end of the call, a lot of times they'll say like, okay, what do you feel like your next best steps are? Pause right? Use the pause because that's where you're giving them space to think. They don't know. <laughs> they don't, most people don't come. I mean, some of my clients, potential clients come to the, the sales call with questions, but a lot of people don't, people are busy, right? And so give them a dang second to think what their questions are. Let their mind percolate, right? I think we get so scared of rejection that we forget like, to just open to the truth. You have good work. And if you let the truth and silence, like silence leads to truth, right? And what if you believe that the truth for most people that hop on a sales call with you is your product or service is the best fit. Like that's the truth. So let's not be scared of that, right? And if someone's not meant to work with us, they're not gonna work with us and then we're gonna find someone else, right? And so like in that still confidence, that's where we're able to tap into that silence and that trust and that knowing and that bold challenging, right? Because we're just there to show up and to speak our truth and to hold space for our potential clients to hear their truth. And a lot of times on a sales call, if you're doing it right, they're gonna talk about some of their fears, right? And that's normal. Every single life change, my guess is what you help people with is a big thing that they're nervous about, right? And it takes risk. Any sort of change is hard. 
probably what, like when people sign on to work with me, they're going to do hard work (laughs) behind the scenes. Of course it's rewarding. And of course it's worth it, but it is, it's a risk it's vulnerable, right? And so it's holding space as people contemplate that decision, as people contemplate, do I want to do this? And is now the right time to do it, right? And they find that honest truth for themselves. And that takes a little bit of time, right? And it might, and when I say it takes a little bit of time, it might just be like five minutes processing, but so many women that I talk to, and I used to be so scared of sales that I wasn't even giving it the five minutes on a sales call that someone needed to make a decision. People don't need a lot of time. They just need time. And in our lives, we're so busy, so hustle, hustle that we don't even give it time. And so what you're doing when you're holding space for an objection on a sales conversation is you're giving them five minutes to in silence, to hear their thoughts, to think through their fears, to really process it out. Right. And, um, in your best as a saleswoman, like that's how you're showing up and that's how your calls are going to convert better. Okay. Got a little deep. (laughs) Okay. Finally get clear on next steps. Like what's your next step? Does it feel like, and I go um, further into addressing sales objections in the masterclass. So make sure you grab the masterclass. If you want me to go more in depth on this, cause I definitely talk through specific sales objections, all of that. And then also in my mastermind. So with heart, we have a whole week on, on objections, <laughs> a whole week, <laughs> because I think it's so important, not just to do objections on sales calls, but again, especially if you want to grow and scale your business and do group programs, you better be addressing objections during your launch, right? In the mass, in your content, you better be addressing those beautiful objections. And so I just think it's not something we need to avoid. Like I, every time my client says they got to an objection on a call or I'm like, woohoo, it's exciting. It's beautiful. It's good news, my love. Okay. Um, let's see. So let me know if you guys have any questions around all that. Um, but I'm just thankful for you. Thank you for being here. And if you listen to this, I am just hoping that it's cracking you open a little further, right? For, especially if you're not making a ton of sales right now, you may not be very excited about sales conversations, right? At the start of my business, I wasn't super excited, but now because I've had such good evidence that not only do sales calls make me a ton of money, but they also lead through to huge breakthrough for my potential clients, whether they work with me or not. I love a sales conversation. I just think it's like the biggest gift, the biggest tool that we can give, right? Because I have the evidence, because I've had people message me and say, oh my gosh, Anna, my life or business changed because of that free call, right? Because I've been able to convert and make a ton of money off the calls. But so if you're in that place where your sales calls aren't feeling good, can you borrow my belief? Can you borrow my evidence just for a minute and trust that it can happen for you with time. And sometimes it takes some time and practice, just like any new skill, right? It takes practice. It takes getting on it and doing it and making a mistake and maybe not doing it so great, right? And just really refining that skill time after time um, and getting better at it. So I am just, let me, I would love to hear from you when it comes to these three skills, listening, coaching, and leading right? I kind of talk through how it applies to each part of the sales conversation. Which do you feel like you need to get better at on your next sales call, especially on the call, right? Tomorrow we'll talk about post-call, but especially when you think about on the sales call itself, which of these skills do you need to be better at listening? Do you need to be better at leading the conversation, right? Do you need to be better at coaching, and asking good questions. Maybe you even need to revamp like the questions that you ask on a sales call, right? 
Which of those do you feel like you need to get better at? Just pick one. Don't pick all of them. Write it on a sticky note. And then for your next sales conversation, just focus on that one thing, right? Sometimes we've tried to fix everything in our business at the same time. And then we fix nothing. Have you ever done that where you're like working on 10 small projects? Instead, just focus on one thing. Like what if you chose on my next sales conversation, I'm going to be the best listener in the whole world. This person's going to feel so heard, so understood because I am just going to like, listen like a queen, right? Even if you like, don't do great at the leadership, even if you don't ask great questions, right? Leaning into that skill if that's what you need to lean into. If it's the coaching piece, again, how can I ask such good questions? How can I be present? How can I reframe? How can I challenge limiting beliefs? How am I showing up as this powerful coach, right? Or how am I being better at leading? If you feel like I have been way too soft and I have not been that gentle, kind leader that I know that I can be to create safety for my potential clients in a sales call, I'm going to revamp that intro sentence. I'm going to revamp that transition. I am going to sell like my business depended on it because guess what it does? Pick one and embrace it wholeheartedly in your next sales conversation. Do we have a Do we have an agreement? Do we have a bargain? If you um, watch this on replay, message me and let me know what are one of those. What are one of those three things? Set that intention now, and I'm so excited to see how that's going to literally transform and make over your sales conversation. I'm so excited to hear. Okay, tomorrow we'll dive into post-conversation again and how we do listen, coach, and leading post-call for conversion. Because I would say I get a good amount of people converting on the call, but I also get a huge amount of people converting the week after the call. And that feels really good to me because again, it's like honoring my potential client's style. And some people are really good at making like quick decisions and some people prefer to think about it, right? Some people, when they say like, I want to pray about it, I want to journal on it, I want to talk to my partner, Maybe that's not an objection. I mean, maybe it is. We can talk about that, right? But maybe it's not. Like maybe they actually just want to talk to their partner, right? Like maybe they actually just want to journal about it. Maybe they just want to sleep on it because it's a pretty dang freaking big decision. And I don't have anything wrong with that because I don't know about you, but for me, I do the same. I, I don't like to make impulsive decisions and I do not. Sure, I want you know, my people to come to me making decisions they feel really good and grounded about, not like impulsive. I mean, it's different if you feel like intuitive, intuitive, quick yes, right? But that's different. And so I I don't know about you, but can we normalize like people signing right after the call? That doesn't mean you're not gonna pitch. It doesn't mean you're not getting to the objections because I know what you're thinking like, oh good, that means I don't have to sell on the call and I can just trust they convert after and send them an email. No, no, no. We're still pitching. We're still doing objections, right? But we're releasing it. And I find like people don't do one or the other. Either they're being too detached and they're not pitching or they're being too attached and they're expecting someone to be a yes on the call every time. And for me, the happy medium is like, how do we pitch and show up with all of our glory? And then how do we detach and trust the process for our client to be a yes when they're ready to be a yes, right? Can we have both? I think we can have both in this space. So let's start doing that, okay? Ah, okay, let me answer, see if you guys have any questions for me. Let me know if you guys have any questions. Um, thank you so much for being here. I'm so grateful for you guys. The template flow Oh my gosh, I didn't even see these. It's so important to know what is important to the potential customer. It is. It is your, and that is like the power of listening. That is the power of listening. And, and we don't want to assume. And here's the other thing I do, you guys. I, you know, I'm a huge fan of a really good pre-survey, but here's the other thing. You don't want to believe anything that anyone puts on the pre-survey. <laughs> 
You're like, wait, what? You know, are we supposed to like believe and empower our clients? But I think sometimes we start to like believe our clients limiting beliefs and stories, right? And it sounds wild, but I have had people on a um on a pre-survey say like, I can't afford coaching and then like pay me in full on the call, right? And then I have people say, I am ready for this, blah, blah, blah. And then end up not really being ready. I'm like, and I'll tell them like, I know you think you're ready, but you're not ready. Like, this is not a good fit. This is not a good investment for you. Do not do this. And so I love the pre-survey for the potential client. The purpose of the pre-survey that we talked about yesterday is to get our potential client ready, to get them thinking, to get them prepared, to get them empowered, to get their shiz together. So they're not coming to the call expecting you to do all the work, right? So they're coming as the empowered person. This is what I'm challenged with. This is the questions I have. They have that empowered piece, but then we want to forget everything they say and show up fresh to the call. We want to show up fresh and present to the call. A lot of times too, because the the distance between when they fill out their pre-survey to when they actually do the call, they may be in a completely different headspace. I have had people sign up for a sales call. This isn't for everyone, but I allow people to sign up for a sales call way in advance. So some people have like signed up for a sales call with me. And then two months later, we've had it. Obviously they're in a completely different place right? (laughs) And so I always say to all of my clients on sales calls, but in general for regular calls too, we can definitely talk about what you wrote on the pre-survey, but know that I'm here to be present and listen to whatever is coming up for you. And what an inviting, empowering place to be, right? To offer whatever is coming up for you, I'm here to listen, right? It's almost saying like, I'm just here and it takes a lot of trust and vulnerability because it's like, wait, where's my roadmap? And you guys know I believe in a sales roadmap, right? But it's just being able to show up and be present. Can you trust yourself to be present, right? I know, and especially for me, because I'm like kind of a control freak, it's taken a lot of increase in my own self-trust and increase in the trust that I have excuse me, I'm just like hiccuping left and right that I have in my potential clients, which is, which do you need to get better at in this season? Your own self-trust, trusting yourself. Like when you go off script, you know, it's like, well, what if I say the wrong thing or there's an awkward pause or like, so what? Like that happens on live, right? That happens in my sales, that happens in coaching, right? Sometimes I'll be like, I don't know what I was saying. I'm sorry, go ahead. But we just don't make it weird, right? That's like, we're a human, right? And so I just think it's so important. No, I even lost my train of thought. See what a great example. <laughs> um, oh, what I find is we're able to be more authentic and make that connection and close more sales when we're able to trust ourselves, right? But we're also able to trust our potential client, right? And their sovereignty and their decision-making, right? We're not micromanaging decisions for them. We're not, you know, making buying decisions for them. Like, oh, they said they can't afford it. Or, oh, they said they don't have enough time. Or, oh, they're a single mom. Or like all these stories, instead of making, like our job is to pitch, to show up, to sell, their job is to say yes or no. And of course, we're not going to do anything weird, like high pressured manipulation, right? But if you're watching this or you're listening to this, like you're not that type of person. So why are we even pretending that we're that type of person, right? So because of that, you can show up and you can trust. Sometimes I think in sales, we're codependent in the fact that we're not trusting the sovereignty of our potential client. We're not trusting them to say yes and no. We're not trusting them to make their own money decisions, right? So let me know which you want to increase in in the season. Is it your own self-trust on the sales call? Or is it trusting your potential client that they're a healthy adult, right? 
Okay, beautiful. Bree says she's going to get better at leading. Yay, I love that you picked that one. Lacey too, leading the conversation. Totally. So in your next sales conversation, I mean, we still want to be a good listener and we still want to be a good coach, but it's really doubling down on those leading parts, right? Okay, let me pull up what those were again. The leading parts were the session outline very early on, that you're doing that session outline very early on. Hey, this is how our session's going to go today right? Especially if you tend to have potential clients that haven't ever gotten coaching before, (laughs) or if they tend to be more like assertive, aggressive type A people. It's not wrong, but it's just knowing in your mind, oh, based on my potential clients, I'm going to have to really be more mindful to lead out the gate, right? And so for me at the start of my business, my opening sentence, I practiced and I read in front of the mirror like 20 to 30 times till I memorized it. That way on the call, I could say it without reading from a script. It was just my words. And I literally, to this day, when I do sales conversations five years later, I still lead my sales calls like the same. I still, like this intro sample sentence I read to you, it's literally, if you are on a sales call with me, it's what I'm going to say to you. (laughs) Because it's just, and what you'll find too, when you practice this script is you're going to make your own script, right? Don't say 30 times this line. You can use my line, tweak it to fit your vocabulary, your personality, and practice your own script 30 times. Same with the transition sentence, right? Script it for you and then say it again and again, right? Like that's the whole point of, you know, not outsource. That's the whole point of scaling and leveraging in our business is to repeat our authenticity, right? We don't want to repeat someone else's thing. We want to repeat what's already worked for us, right? So if you're leaning into that leadership edge, it's really getting clear on the whole session outline in general, but especially that intro sentence and the um, transition sentence, right? Okay, beautiful. I love that. Hope this was helpful for you. I will see you back here tomorrow. We're going to talk about post-conversation, right? What are we doing after to convert sales? Because I would say at least like half of my sales are post-call. Again, because I'm not someone that does, like if you sign with me on a sales call or if you sign in the week after, I don't give an incentive for signing on the call. Again, it's not wrong if you like to do that. I just personally don't. It doesn't align with me. But so often I have people like me where they're like, oh, my my calls aren't converting on the call. And I'm like, well, are you even setting your call up that way? So like, why would you measure it that way? Why would you put a barometer that you're not even trying to do, right? And so for me, I close a significant number of my sales right after the sales call. And that feels good to me. Um, So tomorrow's conversation is gonna dive deeper on post-conversation, how to actually do that, how to listen, coach, and lead after this conversation, how to follow up, how frequently to follow up, what to say when you follow up, when to do a second call for someone, all of that stuff I feel like is not talked about enough in the online space. Um, And I feel like, remember, we follow up in different ways, right? I feel like follow-up includes one-on-one follow-up, but I also do a lot of leveraged follow-up. What does that mean, right? I really consider like when I do conversion events online, when I do content, all of that counts as a touch point. So if you're overwhelmed by the thing of like, people need seven touch points in order to buy, that doesn't mean you have to private message them seven times in a row. No, no, no. That just means they're doing some sort of connection with you seven times, right? They're reading a piece of your content, right? A friend recommends you. They're getting an email from you. They're on a sales conference, all those little touch points, right? So we're gonna talk about touch points tomorrow. 
making a note so I don't forget. And then we're also going to talk about just post-call conversion in general. Okay. Hope you have a beautiful day. Thank you so much for joining me. I just know that I do not um, take this time that you spend with me lightly. I know you have a lot of places that you can be online and you being here live with me is just such an honor, such a blessing. And I just hope that you got exactly what you needed out of today's live. And I will see you on the next one. Thanks for hanging out today. Please hit that subscribe button so you can make sure to stay updated anytime a new episode drops. And I would love for you to join me in my free Facebook community. It's called The Heart-Centered Entrepreneur. We discuss the podcast episodes. I regularly go live and do free trainings. And you may even meet your newest biz bestie. So you can join at heartcenteredcommunity.com. It's absolutely free. And I cannot wait to see you in there.